I'm Jody Nisnik, and you're listening to So Much More. In John 16, 12, Jesus stated, there is so much more I want to tell you. He then pointed to the spirit as the one who would come, who would further his teaching by bringing his word to life for us. So much more creates space for God to reveal his truth through his word. Today, I'm excited to have Sharifa Stevens with me as we have a conversation around Luke 5 and what the Lord is teaching her. Sharifa is a gifted writer and she's contributed to a few books. One of them is called Vindicating the Vixens, Revisiting Sexualized, Vilified, and Marginalized Women of the Bible. And I don't know if I've told you this, Sharifa, but your chapter about Queen Vashti was so helpful to me when I was writing my Bible study on Esther. And so wow. if you don't have this book on your shelf, I'm telling you all right now, it needs to be. Um, she's also a gifted speaker and a singer. She's a graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary, and she's a lot more than just that. So welcome, Sharifa. I am so glad you are here. I'm so glad to be here with you, Jody. <laughs> you, we're both giggling because Sharifa and I have laughed a little bit before we got on here and we've had a few technical difficulties. <laughs> it's been great. So, um, but Sharifa, tell us a little bit more about who you are and especially what are you doing during the day? Oh, okay. Well, um, who am I is an ever evolving question. I feel it always is as right? it should be as it should be. So um, I spend my days, I'm homeschooling two boys, uh, two elementary school age boys. So I feel like a teacher, a counselor, a drill sergeant, a gym coach, (laughs) a chef, a sous chef. um, Housekeeper. Unfortunately. But all the things. Yes. It's been my joy, though, to be able to teach my boys how to clean a bathroom. So Mm -hmm. I'm like sewing into their future Um, with every time um, we we bake something, every time we cook something and every time they clean their bathroom. So I am proud to be able to have have that balance. You know, I also. Um, raising them to be aware of theology and how it impacts their decision-making and their world. And so it's been a real education for me to be able to go through. So far, we've gone through Genesis and we're going through Exodus now. We're almost at the end. Um, so that's that's a lot of my days, <laughs> at least five out of the seven. <laughs> um, my husband's a pastor of a church, a small, tiny, tiny church, which I love, um, full of eclectic and loving people. And um, I also spend my days writing and editing either my work or other people's work, which is such a privilege. I feel like a midwife delivering Mm. babies. 
So um, that's how I spend most of my days. Who I am as a person who um, is trying to learn to discern the voice of God. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think I've heard a lot of voices that claimed to know what God wanted or um, was saying. And um, so I want to cultivate a really uh, keen listening ear to the spirit. Mm, I love that. Well, that is exactly what we are doing here. And so that's a great transition. Into I love our what passage. you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's so encouraging. Well, listen, let's dive into the passage. Yes. As a reminder, we are in Luke chapter five, and I shared more context when we did the meditation on this passage, but I do want to give you just a quick uh, jumpstart into where we are because we are picking this passage up midstream. Jesus has just finished preaching and he's on Simon Peter's boat. And that's where they have this interaction. So this is a reading of Luke five verses four through 11. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus's knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Okay. I love this passage for so many reasons. (laughs) And we did this as Electio Divina, inviting the Lord to show us a word or phrase. So let's start there, Sharifa. Tell me about the beginning of this process for you and where the Lord started to take you. Yeah. Well, this was surprisingly vulnerable. And I think just the, the practice of Lectio Divina was revelatory to me specifically because I realized that I I read scripture with a wall up hmm. and I didn't, I, I'm still unaware of it because I, I think that this wall has been up for a long time for my own defense, um, because sometimes the word of God has been leveled uh, against me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't know when it's going to be leveled against me. Um, and so my, I, I, I'm realizing, and I was convicted of the fact that I've, I have this reflex of, of defensiveness that I mourn. Um, it's not God's fault. It's not the word's fault. Um, to be clear, I'm not, I'm not blaming God. 
but, and he would be okay if I did, like he would, (laughs) he would still be God if I did. So I want to make that plain as well. Um, but I was immediately aware that I was studying from, from a distance. Mm. So to invite the spirit to lead my reading in the midst of my finite amount of time, in the midst of the fact that my children um, are always here, (laughs) they're always here and in need of things, in need of time, in need of direction and just the pressure that I feel to just get the reading done, Mm. check it off. Mm. It was immediately um, convicting for me. And so the invitation that I extended to the spirit felt like me squinting, like, (laughs) um, brace, but okay. I see what I'm doing and, um, I don't want that either. So can you come? Mm. And it's what's beautiful is that the spirit accepts invitations. So like, how gracious is that? It is. It is beautiful that he was waiting on you. He was just waiting for you to open your heart just enough to say, okay, spirit, come show me what you need me to see. And let's have this conversation. Even, even 50% willingness, you know, even 20% willing, like even just a little crack open in the heart. And he's like, okay, let's do this. So that's what I'm hearing from you. (laughs) And I, and obviously resonate with that a lot, um, depending on the day. So, yes. Yeah, so where, so you've, you've prayed this prayer, you've said, okay, Lord, I'm open. Then what happens as you start to read the scripture? Well, I just, <laughs> I want you to, I don't know if you can read what it says at the bottom of my notes. Oh, it says willingness. Yes. So you're interpreting me hundred percent correctly. Um, what happened is like uh, in the first reading, there were some concepts, ideas, experiences that immediately came to mind. The first is we, we have been, I guess it's material in that we have been waiting mm. to figure out whether we were to put down roots here or whether we were to leave in Dallas, which is where you live. That's what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Yes. Fif- 15 years, little less than 15 years. We were just like, where are we? And couldn't put down roots, couldn't purchase a house, didn't know what to do. And then it felt like one day that no, or that wait turned into a yes. Mm. And the doors just opened for us that were closed before. And it was overwhelming provision. Mm. So that was the first thing that this passage made me think of in first reading. The second was um, just the time before the nets are full, before the boats Mm -hmm. are full. Um, reminds me of just where I am as 
a Black woman in the United States and just the waiting and the repetitive nature of doing the things that we ought to do, um, fighting a righteous fight, being a, a, a strong witness for justice, but not necessarily seeing all of the, the fulfillment and just waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the second thing. The third thing that came up was the concept of consistency in kindness mm. and just not to give up on people. Um, so the first reading was just really potent for me because just the willingness of the disciples, well, they weren't disciples yet, the willingness of the fishermen. <laughs> to cast their nets yeah when they are exhausted because this man he's trustworthy trustworthy enough for exhausted career fishermen to try again Mm. Mm. it just that moved me more than the fish i think is the willingness of those men to try again yeah it feels like that's almost the thread that ties all three of those concepts that you just talked about. Being willing to wait for the provision, being willing to wait for the justice that may not come in the fullness that it should or in in the way that we want, and waiting for the kindness of God's people that may not happen, you know, and are we willing to just be present with Jesus and do what he's asking us to do in spite of how all of those things turn out. Is that, is that feel kind of like where you were headed with that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is really good. Yeah. That's a lot. And I love that the Lord started showing you that many things. So tell me then as you start taking another step with him, you go through the reading again, what, what's the next step that you take with the Lord? The next part was where, um, I don't know if I did things in order. That's okay. Jody. But <laughs> this is all about getting into God's word. word, inviting the spirit to reveal his yes. truth to us through his word. And so while there is technically a formula that we use, <laughs> a method is a better way to say it, that we use yes. in this Lectio Divina process, there are no real rules or boundaries <laughs> because we're this is God. <laughs> and so he gets yes. to make the rules. <laughs> So go through that, go where the- got to give God room to be God. Right. So go where the spirit leads you. I am all in on that. I felt this synergy between keywords and application. So I guess there, there was like less of a, a separation of the two for me because the two words were so impactful. You know, I don't know if you've experienced this where you think, these are the words that I should know all the time. This is okay. this is the word that's going to jump out to me in this passage. And, right. and if I, and I have to recognize that and say, okay, Lord, I'm not going to go into this with my own agenda. I need you to help me with that. So yes. Right. And it is such a fascinating exercise to override that. Yes. Right. Or to be like, am I overriding that? 
<laughs> it's just to get all meta about it. But there were some words in there where I'm like, mm, surely these are the words. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to be fishers of people. But the two words that stood out to me were partner and go away. Interesting. Okay, so tell me why. So for me, I was just like, ah, I wept because Mm -hmm. I think the partner, the, the fellowship, just the everybody-ness of, of this, there's, there's such a communal aspect of the waiting and also the, the casting and also bringing boats. There's just so Mm -hmm. much um, community in it. And that is what I desire, but it's too tender and it's too vulnerable. So I end up wanting to go away. Yeah. <laughs> like P- Peter's response was like, mm. I cannot, I can't be in the presence of this. Yeah. Wow. This really good, wonderful. Yeah. Op, like this is what a fisherman wants mm-hmm. because, but it's more than the fish. It's like being in the presence of the Holy one. That's right. That's the word that was coming to my mind. It was like holiness was there yes. and it's almost too good to get too close to But like Jesus is like, I'm the one who got in the boat. <laughs> so, which is, which is what he does like so well um, is he just, he gets in the boat. Mm-hmm. And if the boat is the planet Earth, if the boat is the womb of a woman, if the boat is Galilee or Nazareth. So because he knows how we are, but I I really resonated with the go away part, Mm. even though partnership, even though that community, that communal seamness, the struggle and the success together, all of that is what I desire. It feels like too lofty to attain. Yeah. I mean, I hear you on that. And I think that's one of the deep desires that God has put in us. The triune God who is eternally existent in relationship has put within us this deep desire to be in full knownness with other people. Yes. And that feels like what you're talking about. And then that's very scary. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know me. I'm not sure I want you to know me the way I know me. Mm-hmm. And because then there's all the fear or whatever comes up with that. Yep. There's just, I haven't studied this. I'll, I'll put this as a disclaimer. So I, I'm, but I am curious um, as to some of the connections between Peter and Isaiah in terms of their reactions to being in the presence of a holy God, being called mm-hmm. um, by God, like who will who will I send? Who will go for us? And one thing that floored me was that there's, and that's not it's not in this passage, so I'll just mention it in passing. But after the resurrection, Jesus, because he's so wonderful, grills fish. Yeah. for 
the crew and the the word for the charcoal fire is only used um, in that scripture again or previously when Peter was warming himself and denied Christ three times. Mm-hmm. That char- that charcoal presence is also something that I connect back to the cleansing of Isaiah with. Interesting. Um, charcoal was put to his lips. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I just, I have a kinship with the responses of like, I just am not worthy. And it is your invitation and kindness that makes me feel that way. It's not condemnation. Tell me a little bit more about that. What do you mean? The invitation and kindness versus the condemnation that makes you feel that way. Well, that's that's what is making Isaiah feel that way. And that's what's making Peter feel that way. And that's what I have a kinship with is that there's an invitation who will go. There's a choice. Yeah. Um, God's not forcing himself. Right. And Isaiah's response is that he is a, a man of unclean lips. Yeah. Um, Peter's response in this passage is go away. So <laughs> I'm, sinful. I'm sinful. It's yeah. the same. Yeah. And it's such a great, great parallel. It's so curious to me. It is. Yeah. Well, we think a lot alike in that way and that I really love to see what the people in scripture are doing and how they're responding and really like pause and consider what's going through Peter's mind. Yes. <laughs> Cause he falls to his knees. Yes. Is that worship? Is that overwhelm? Is that, I mean, he calls him Lord. He recognizes he's sinful, feels like it's probably worship. It's just, it is curious. And, and I love that parallel with Isaiah. That is definitely something to yeah. go and explore a little bit more. What about you? Well, what, what do you think? What, what words popped out for you? There's so much about this passage that intrigues me. Like you, you talked about, they're exhausted. They are career fishermen. This is what he has done for his livelihood. And here comes this carpenter (laughs) telling him, Hey, here's how you should do your job. And it goes against every natural inclination of a fisherman of that day. It's the wrong time of day. It's the wrong you know, side of the boat, basically it's in the deep water. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's all of these things that should not catch fish. And that's what Jesus does. And when you were first started talking about their being exhausted, but doing it anyway, I think, isn't that how it is sometimes? Mm -hmm. I I don't think God calls us to be exhausted and to keep working through our exhaustion. I don't think that's the God we serve. I think he actually wants us to really honor the rhythms of work and rest and things like that. But I do think we get, it's, it's hard sometimes. And I think he just says, I want you to keep going. I want you to do it again. I keep doing it. And just out of sheer trust in his goodness and in his character, we say, okay, I'll do it again, Lord. (laughs) And we don't, and you know, the large number of fish, that's not what normally happens. This is an absolute miracle that happens here. 
And he can absolutely provide that way. But it's usually, I think for us in just the small acts of obedience and just continuing to follow him, continuing to be surrendered to him. So that's what stands out to me mm-hmm. in this passage is that, like you said, willingness. I think that's a key word for me too. Um, are you willing to do what I'm asking you to do? Even if it goes against your inclination, even if it goes against your common sense, <laughs> are you going to follow me? Mm-mm-mm. So yeah, that's what stands out to me. Okay. Well, you have a really powerful conversation with the Lord about the desire for knownness and this partner's And then the going away from me, Lord, where do you wind up at the end of all of that? So I, I had a lot of conviction in this time, just a lot of, a lot of examination for myself. Just number one, I can't seek to hear the spirit and be shut down at the same time. I can't be on my schedule and, and still want to abide by the way the spirit works. Mm. That's, that's just dumb. So like there there's that and there's another not dumb thing where it's actually a question for myself do I how how close do I want to get and is that part of the issue I just want to be a, a convenient distance from God feel safer right yeah which is full of irony and mess but you know I can dictate the conversation from this distance well who am I so there's that conviction. Um, and who I, who I am also is someone who I don't, I don't need to speak in deprecating tones about myself either because God values me yeah, and God is more patient with me than I am with myself. So there's just a dance of, you know, eschewing hubris and eschewing fake humility and just showing up to be, to be known without masks, without facade. There's also just, for me, I'm like such an introvert. I observe in this passage, the, the beauty of people and Mm -hmm. the fish were like an echo of the crowd. The crowd had, had started gathering in the first verse of the chapter and Nature was just mirroring what was happening at Gennesaret. So mm-hmm. it's just God shows up in a special way with other people. It's only an individualized kind of religion right. here. Like it's not necess- it's very tied to the yeah. way I grew up, you know, not necessarily tied to all of the plural language that we find mm. in the entirety of the Bible from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, so th- like, yeah, it was literally the only thing that was not good before the fall. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's not good that you're alone. <laughs> right. And here I am. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so. No, it's not. Well, <laughs> I love, I love what you said about communal, because I do think, and that's one of the dangers, I think, even of doing this practice of Lectio Divina, it becomes very personal. Mm-hmm. This is what the Lord said to me in this passage. And it's one of the reasons why I have paired this with conversation, because 
it should be communal. We should be talking about what the spirit's leading us to and growing from each other, because I guarantee people that are listening, they had other words stand out to them that was not partners and not go away. Um, and, and yeah. And so I think they're, oh, wow. The spirit led her there. And there's something potentially even for people to consider about that for their lives. So yeah, I think we do need to become more communal. It takes a lot of work though, man. It, it takes does. a lot of time and laying down <laughs> boundary, not boundaries. Boundaries are healthy, but barriers. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And taking the risk to get known because becoming known takes a long time. It does. It does. There's just yeah. a lot of vulnerability involved. There's a lot of adjustment. Like, like you said, it's not, it's not violating boundaries, but it is adjusting to where you're being led. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I probably should have a follow-up conversation with you in six months or a year, just to check in and see how are you doing with this partners and community? (laughs) Oh man, that'd be great. You're like, you're like, I'm so sorry. I'm busy that day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All of those days. Yes. No, I'm actually really curious because sometimes I'm not even aware of how, how faithfully God has like woven a response and, and fruit. I'm just like, not aware of it. Well, and I, I do imagine it becomes a sacred echo too. Like this is not the only time he's going to say that to you. Right. Um, So it'll, yeah, it'll keep coming and tapping you on the shoulder. So, well, Sharifa, this has been really enjoyable. I have loved having this conversation with you and hearing where the Lord led you. Thank you for being open and honest and vulnerable with us today. Thank you so much for this beautiful conversation and the opportunity to practice this. It's like, oh, it's sacred, sacred work. Thank you. God's living and active word is always amazing when the Holy Spirit shows up. So I'm always grateful for the work that he does. Well, hey, friends, I want to just say thank you. Thanks for joining Sharifa and I today on so much more. And I also want to ask you a quick favor. If you are enjoying this podcast, would you do me the great honor of subscribing or leaving a review because it actually makes a very big difference. So um, again, thanks for joining us on so much more because we really do believe that Jesus has so much more to say to us. And this is how we are creating space to listen. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.